0: Live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Smoke and Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smoking
1: Nicole. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokingTobacco.com, and you know it's it's funny. It's the first show, and I I don't get to say it, so I'm just gonna wait and skip right over that part and just go with. I'm joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Jonathan M. Carney. Vice President of the Sales of LaFleur Dominicana. Hashtag Daddy's Back. Hashtag LFD. Um, we were both at PCA this past weekend. Uh, LaFleur Dominicana. If you want to know what Daddy's Back is all about. Daddy's Back, or hashtag Daddy's Back, is the official hashtag that we created. That's a shirt that I made for John. We were supposed to do something at the show with that, but um, I'll explain what happened with that later. Because uh, our, our, our trade show experience did not go as planned, but as I said, I'll get into that later. Um, but LLFD made their debut uh, since the, for the first time since IPCPR 2019, and they had one hell of a show, and they brought with them a couple of new things, one of which being the Golden Bull NFT, which was on display with the gold bullion humidor. The other was Lito Gomez Jr.'s first cigar, the Solis, or Soleil. I don't know. John will have to give us the official wording on that. But, they brought it with them. Um, So, they came back. They have new cigars. I'm going to smoke it for the first time here on the show tonight. Um, I don't know how well my flavor palette is going to be, since uh, many of you know, a lot of us that went to PCA came back with COVID-19. So, uh, that's why Nicole is not here with us tonight. Uh, She is very sick with it. My I'm very mildly symptomed, so I think maybe i had had it already. Maybe my second go is a lot more mild. I don't know. So that's where we're at, just to give you a quick fill-in. But now I'll let John talk. John, mm, how are you?
0: Well, I, I don't have COVID, but I have somewhat lost my voice. So if anybody's mm-hmm. listening, I do sound a little different. I I, I kind of like it, to be honest. I, uh, yes. Other than the pubescent version of it. I have a little scratch or a squeak but I do enjoy the deep voice. Um, By the way I think the opening video that I sent to you today, I don't know what you're going to use
1: It's the longer version?
0: uh, Well no, it said special guest Craig Vanderslice Craig Vanderslice will not be on the show this evening, it will be just me. Um, So we'll have to put the new version but we're all a little bit out of sorts. Uh, But yeah, I mean everybody uh, you know You take people to a trade show. You put them in one place close to each other. Um, It's happened with all sorts of corporate functions around the country. Um, My wife got it at a corporate function. I got it from her corporate function. Um, So fortunately, I I had COVID just very recently, um, less than a month ago. So hopefully that provided me some super immunity there. But uh, for the most part, it seems like everything's mild with everyone. Um, But I think everybody's just a little more hyper aware of any type of colds and sicknesses right. too and um everybody got everybody got something uh that went to this show and it has nothing to do with pca there's no reason for people to not go to those shows but i think it would just be a representation of people to try to get as much sleep as they can get when they're at the show try to be as healthy as possible leading up to it uh because uh you know in all likelihood people over the years of probably caught things every year at the show. You don't think anything of it. We're just hypersensitive now. But uh, it was a great show, man. It was good to be back. Uh, we were, on top of, I don't know if this is the same reason you're saying, we were going to do a fun little segment with Daddy's back because Alito's uh, got a shirt too. His is actually like literally, I think, like five sizes smaller than mine, which is nuts. Um, but we, I was buried, man. Like I was buried from the moment you were the first person to stop the booth. So you came there right at 10 o'clock you and nicole were there you and your wife nicole were there mm. um so <laughs> mm. so you came you came right at 10 o'clock so that first hour of the show was when it was the uh vip stay and play guests so people that stayed on property at the host hotel got in the hour early um at about ten ten, the booth got quite busy um, right when you guys were kind of done your ten fifteen uh, walk around with Lido uh, Junior and Tony, um, we were buried. So I didn't even get any screen time with you guys, and I didn't get a lot of screen time the whole time uh, that we were there. And it was it was pretty much gun ho from the moment the show floor opened until probably I'd say Monday afternoon at about two or three o'clock. Um, and uh, you're smoking the new Soli, but I'm smoking something quite special tonight. I'm smoking the Forbidden X. BBMF, the Maduro. And the reason i smoking the Maduro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that why the purple's on it?
1: That is why the purple is on it. Yes.
0: Okay, I'm smoking this because of uh, this is what we smoked after your wedding, after we had the reception and whatnot. This is uh, true. This is what I had for the wedding, and uh, I had got back to the smoking lounge that we were smoking at earlier, uh, so I didn't end up smoking it that night because by the time I got to this. It was late in the evening, and I didn't want to waste it. So I'm going to smoke it now. So I'm going to celebrate uh, celebrate that at the same time. And uh, I lost my voice, so what better thing to do than light up a big, bad motherfucker? <laughs>
1: yeah. Is that your first one? Have you had one before?
0: Ah, dude. I think I've had, I've had the natural. I've had the natural. It was a long time ago. It was probably like 12, 13 years ago.
1: Yeah. the um, I I have a box of them. And when we were talking about what we were gonna smoke after, there was there was a, there was a lot of choices, um, but I had those and I, I brought three, one for each of us, and I did give one to John, Nicole, and I smoked ours already. It's funny, I smoked mine with Carlito because Carlito was there, and I I cut I, I I we first got there, he was there, we were talking, and I pulled it out and I cut it and lit it in front of him, and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm like, I have to celebrate well, like it's special, and I gave well, dude, one I'm to gonna, you and I'm I. Say- and yeah, I, yeah. hold on, I gave hold, one to you. I you to say. And he looked at everyone, and he goes, "This fucking guy just handed them out like that. Nothing." And I was like, "Calito, I mean, <laughs> he was there. He was the best man. He's my best friend." Well, hold, hold and on. he's like, "All and right." So I, walk, I
0: walked <laughs> up. I walked up to get my cigar. I'm. You guys were. You guys had changed up. I'm still dressed in the wedding gear. I've got a boutonniere flower on. And I walk up to grab the cigar, and I'm like, "Hey," stuck my head around the corner. I'm like, "Hey, Calito, how's it going?" And I stuck my hand out to grab the cigar for him and he like questioned it. He was like, No, 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 these are special blah, blah, blah. I'm like I'm like, dude, I was in the freaking wedding. I'm like yeah. there's three there's three of these cigars for a reason. One, two, three.
1: Yeah. And that was uh part of your wedding present, you know, for being there. I brought in that really something really special. So I'm like, Well, John gets one um, you know, for being there and He was like, oh, he's like, he's just handing them out like they're nothing. And I was like, well, no, I mean, he he was entitled to one from the beginning. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, it was just funny. And then he just laughed. He was like, no, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) I I think sometimes, I mean, I came up randomly and I think sometimes he forgets, he forgets who I am, not because of he's not paying attention. He just sees a lot of people, but I look different in different occasions. Like I do if you ever get to meet me and sometimes I'm shaved and sometimes I'm bald, sometimes I've got hair, sometimes it's, it's, uh, you know, spiked up with product. Sometimes it's real short. Um, sometimes I'm in a t-shirt or a, or a robe and uh, you know, in the trade show I'm dressed up. So I, I don't think the last time that I interacted with Carlito, I was, you know, was in any environment that he would recognize me. Um, and it was a quick interview, but it was funny like he was, like, hey, he was kind of like, dude, pump the brakes. What's going yeah,
1: on Yeah, he did. He was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, he didn't know. And I'm just like, it's okay. Like, no, he gets one. Trust me. This is this was already determined. <laughs> is it good, though? It, be- it better be good.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'll tell you, t- that, that fucking cigar is strong. Because after I smoked that, when I went back to my hotel room, I- Nicole and I couldn't sleep. We, we were, like, wired awake. I was like, dude, I can't sleep tonight.
0: <laughs> I'm going to let you know what I think of it as soon as it gets into that spot where it opens right up. Yeah. Because um, it's tough to judge when you're just smoking the tip uh, on, on, like a, on a Figueroa like this. The, um, but I'm really excited about it. It's, it's excellent. I, it, it does taste good already. It's got a, lot of, a nice, strong uh, sweetness to it. And uh, you know when you blind when you blind tasted me when I was up at uh, up in Massachusetts at the studio with the uh, añejo. This doesn't have any of that barbecue type earth that I was getting from that. So uh, this is a lot of a lot of um, smooth sweetness. So I'm excited, excited to see how this changes as I get into the cigar, and especially since it's tapered. Um, it should end up being quite a full-bodied smoking experience.
1: Now, what age statement is that? Is that twenty sixteen or seventeen? I can't remember. I think it's the. This is twenty sixteen. Yeah, I mean, so you're talking for you're talking six years. It's a good vintage right there, and I've had the box for a little while too. So, yeah, they got a six year vintage on that too, which is interesting. Um,
0: it's very cedar, very cedary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is it burning okay?
0: Yeah, I'm just getting it going. It's it's super humid here, dude. It literally just rained, and um, it was uh, I had it perfect because this is coming from Vegas, uh, so I just left my cigars out overnight here in Orlando for like one night because I got back last night, and everything's everything's up to like ninety percent humidity. Uh, so no, it's burning great.
1: Oh, that's good. I um. What was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, those those are fantastic. I mean, out of the Purple Maduro line, I mean, you have the Purple Rain. You have that. You have the Toristable, the El Scorpio. Um, and I think they added one more size. Jose Blanco is actually with us tonight. So, Jose, you can remind me. But I think there's this, one then. more so before, size.
0: So, before we get into this a little bit, before we talk about what you're smoking, I, so, I just read the story that there's a... There's a trademark issue with Puente in general and about the X. I'm going to bring it up right now. Yeah. I I read, I'm reading all these comments about people are like, why is there drama? Why this isn't drama. It's literally business. They're using a term knowingly, even if they say they're not a gigantic X, which they've made it bigger. It's not a multiplication sign. I'm not a lawyer, but it's not and I'm not saying this, I have friendships with the Fuente. I hate it when there's trademark issues and the comment sections come out and they're like, why are these people doing this? Why can't we get along? This is a business. And if you don't protect your brands and don't protect things, then what's the point? Uh, you know, it, it, what is LFD going to come out with the LFD Opus X next year? Like, that's not okay you've got to protect your business and if somebody infringes on it it's up for the courts to decide what's going on that's why you have (laughs) trademarks on things and there's tons of businesses in the entire planet that have trademark disputes on a daily basis so anyone who's giving the fuente family a hard time in the comment section you're just being a keyboard warrior because you've got to protect your business like this is the purpose of it is to run a business and successfully turn a profit to earn money for yourselves, create jobs for other people. And I just don't understand and I can't grasp how anyone would think that that's like sour grapes. Now the court will decide what's right and wrong in that situation and then the Fuente family in reverse will have to accept that fact in general have to accept that fact. But in the last two days of reading this stuff, I'm like, what, what, why are people thinking anything other than if you have a trademark and something comes close to it, you ought to protect yourselves? And we've had it happen That's in the reverse side and we've not been sour grapes, you know, something that came up where we had to change the name of something or change it all to our product. That's just how business works. And if you do something that's close to it, uh, you know, the courts are going to have to decide, but it's not, it's not being petty. Um, it's not being um, a jerk. It's not being childish. It's being studious towards your business and, and being attentive to protecting what's a, been built over decades and 100, over 100 years with Fuente. So anyway, I just don't comprehend why people think that's nasty. I don't think if you talk to most people in person, they would think that way. It's probably just a comment section. But I will say that X on that new CAO is very different than the Xs that have been on the CAO before. It's big, uh, it's close, and I don't blame uh, Fuente for ex- exploring their options. Uh, with that, I don't know if they win, I don't know if they lose, uh, but they well, would be remiss in not doing not doing their brand a justice that it deserves if they didn't try to protect something that was somewhat close.
1: Well, you know, when you look at it this way, I mean, Arturo Fuente is, um, you, you know, obviously General STG is is a big company. Arturo Fuente's been around a long time. I would say, out of the family companies, they're probably the biggest, if not one of the the biggest of the family companies. Um, one of the most iconic. Opus X is a brand that almost any cigar smoker has at least heard of before, whether or not you've actually had one. Um, The Opus X logo is very recognizable. Um, It it is a staple icon. So someone like, you know, the Fuente family, obviously they're going to be protective of that. You know, it's a very iconic, very specific brand, and this is not the first time that and, you know, I've, I've heard of, you know, other brands and I'm not going to mention any names either, but there's other brands that I know personally have told me, Hey, Carlitos told us like, it don't like the ax on the band. We had to change it. So, I mean, it, it's, it, and, and I get it too. It, he's not, he doesn't do it maliciously. He does it because, well, I have a brand to protect as an image. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things well, that go just, into it. Like you makes If,
0: if they went back, if, you know, and Jose can't really comment on this it's an ongoing thing and the smart too but i sure as hell can and so if they went back and said all right say say cio is not allowed to use the x what what are we going to come up with next the uh, next year is going to be the fuente c space a space o i mean and then you say oh well, it's just a letter uh you know it just happens to be three letters and they're spaced apart so they're all individual letters So, you know, you got to protect it, but it's funny, Ed Sullivan mentioned in the comment section, this is a really good one, two booths away from us at the trade show and two booths away from United Cigars was a cigar called the El Abuelo Chisel. So we have a trademark on the chisel name, David Garofalo of United Cigars has a trademark and whatnot in uh, copyright on the name El Abuelo. So I walk in by the booth, okay, getting in the booth. I see Dave there with Lido getting a picture with this guy at this booth. And I go up and I'm like, "What is what was that picture about? Like, oh, we we went up to spoke because he's using – he has a cigar on advertising called the Alibuelo Chisel. And I was like, so why is he taking a picture with you guys? He's like, well, after he's done, he wanted to take a picture with us because we are he said he wanted a picture with, like, some legends and whatnot. And I was like, I go, I, I don't, I go, I don't Know if he understands that he can't do that. Like, you know, you go up and talk to him. But, you know, it does happen everywhere, and it's stuff that comes up. And uh, you know, hopefully, it doesn't become nasty. But even if it does, it's it's the court that deals with it. They get to figure out what it is. There's nothing, you know. Carlito's not sitting there having a discussion with the president of General in a courtroom on this thing. So, uh, but the El Abuelo chisel thing was hilarious, and was literally right in between our booths um so it was ironic to just walk past that um so but trademark stuff is what it is i wanted to bring it up you mentioned jose was on there i just wanted to give my two cents and i know we got a lot more show to talk about and other stuff um so we can move on from there but uh don't be a keyboard warrior and let people protect their brands uh
1: yeah no i i I agree that there's a lot there um And it's funny that he would take pictures with two legends out of two legends who have cigar (laughs) trademarks that you're copying, so... (laughs) Uh, Put
0: together, yeah, dude, it was a riot.
1: uh, Yeah, Nicole brought up this point, too. Something that comes to mind is an image they used with the Opus X that had more of a multicolored background. It's actually slightly similar to the colors on the CAO box. While it's not their normal design, I can see why it would be similar. So... Yeah, I mean, you get into a lot of trademark and trade dress. Yeah. We, we we went over a So we did and Coop did. And Coop, I think we got into it a little bit more than we did with Pete Johnson on the last two times that Pete was on each of our shows, which I think were like back-to-back. And we had both got into the whole trademark and trade dress. And Pete, you know, knows that very well, which he's had to deal with, you know, follow up from Monster Beverage Company, the energy drink. Over his monster series because he uses the word monster and he uses the color green and he's had to fight it out saying like I'm using it in the cigar world for a cigar they're using it in the beverage world and how even though it's the same name it when it's two different products and two different categories that's when you can kind of split it up but if you're using two cigars and they're both called monster well Pete Johnson's gonna win because he has the trademark on monster in the cigar industry and, just and like and the, Lo Flor Dominicana owns the chisel in the cigar industry yeah. you come out with a cigar called the chisel la florida Minican is going to win because they own that trade and that
0: mark. has and that has happened with pete with the name monster yep and terms and words that are close to it and even though like i think the projects that it happened with i won't get into it too much are cool i mean if it's if somebody gives you a cease and desist you can fight it back and if you fight it and they don't like it then it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you got to decide if it's worth the battle or not um, on that. And, and if they legally have it, they have it. And it is what it is. Uh, you know, the, I'm gonna, my my opinion on the, the Opus thing, dude, that X, that X, if they dropped the CAO on that, and that X was just the band that was on there, I'd be like, oh, Opus just is releasing some like Area 51 version of Opus X is what I looked at it. And I was like, well, that's it, pretty close to me um, being something similar. It wasn't just, I read the, I know I said we were gonna get off this, but it's too fun. And I, there's more people growing, so more people watching, they must've heard I'm going off on this. But they said that they've been using the, the the X on the bands, which they have. And on the band that has the X, the new X, It does have the old way that they were using the x it says bx2 or bx3 they use the lx2 lx3 lx1 those types of things it still has that there so this is a new x that hasn't been used Hmm. um so it's going to be really interesting to watch i don't think you'll see much more news about it um unless someone's paying attention to the court filings and when the date's going to be and what happens you'd have to be you know really busy uh really bored to be tracking more of it but I think it's a push, uh, you know. I think it's a push <clears throat> that on uh, a, a push to kind of push the envelope uh, on a product, and uh, and I don't think they're directly copying it, but whatever the design was, it got pretty damn close, in my opinion.
1: Right. Well, look, I I don't want to just steer right off the topic, but like you said, we we gotta want to move on to the trade show itself. Um, you know, the trade show. This was the first, I would say, normal trade show. Uh, And I use that term kind of loosely since IPCPR 2019. You know, there was no trade show 2020. There was a trade show last year in 2021. All but very smaller, a lot quieter, uh, not as polished because of the way it was put together last minute. Yada, yada, yada. You guys weren't there. A lot of people weren't there. So this year, folks like LaFlo Dominicana, United, Selected Tobacco, McAuliffe. Casa Cuevas Foundation, Nick Malillo was there. Um all came back to the trade show. And it was great. And everyone that I talked to, like you guys and, you know, the the Gomez family who you work for, all very happy. Nick Malillo was excited to be there, Oliver and Nelson Alfonso excited to be there, the McCalla family was excited to be there. Um it was great and it was great to see everyone back. And like like you were saying, you were slammed. And I think people were excited to see LFD back. And it had been a couple of years, and it was like, oh, LFD's here. Boom. And you guys were just nonstop busy, which is great for business. Same with United, Selected Tobacco. Uh, I, t- I talked to Oliver. They right out of the gate. I mean, I was doing an interview the first day, right in the morning, and I had a retailer who's been waiting to get an account with Selected who wanted to carry out of bay and Byron, um, uh, Jay Davis, actually. And he, he was like, as soon as I wrap with Oliver, he he was literally sitting there waiting. He goes, "I know that normally like the media would get crap because I'm trying to place an order." He goes, "But he's like, no, you had an appointment. You 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 have time with Oliver." He's like, "I will wait." He's like, "But as soon as you're done, like I want to place an order." So he actually sat with Nelson and waited while we did our interview, uh, and then when he was done, um, we were gonna go do a, 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 an interview at the United booth because it was separate. And I said, um, and I said to Oliver, "I go, I'm gonna come back for that. Don't worry about it." Go take an order from Jay because he really wants to carry your brand. And he went and ever since I, we actually never made it back to United to do a, a, a video interview. The United booth was covered, and that article is actually available right now on smokingtobacco.com. I just published it like an hour or two ago. So you can read all about what they debuted at United and, and there's photos of all the products and stuff on display like Red Anchor, Yaya, the Arnold Andre stuff, the Terra Nova, um, the Rocky Patel cigar bar. All of that is up there. You can read all about it. There's just no video interview. Um, which again, again, I'll, will get a little into more of that later, but yeah, I mean, it was a crazy show. People came ready to buy more people came this year. Um, it, it was slammed and you know, you guys were really slammed. You had all the Gomez's were there. Um, you know, Lito jr. Has been there in the past, but this was his first time going there like representing a cigar in the collection. Uh, you had John wick there. Which was really awesome, um, Tony Gomez. You know, it's funny. You go to the you go to the bar at nighttime, when everyone's hanging out, and there's just this crowd of people, and it's like a mob. And you literally always know where Tony is because he's so fucking tall, that Tony Gomez's head just sticks out above the crowd. You literally look around, boom, you'll see Tony yeah. Gomez's face just above everybody. And he's
0: got, he's got such a distinct look too about him. He's like John. He's he's got that jet black hair. Uh, it was, it's just also got a distinct look. So it's not just this like a tall guy around is like, there's a tall guy who's dressed nicely and, you know, he's a good looking dude. So you can, you catch him real easy. Um, which is great for me, uh, because we kind of roll together a lot of the times with different things. So I can go from one place to place, look around as I'm slightly above everybody's head for the most part. And uh, I can really locate easily. So, uh, but yeah, John wick, dude, you definitely dead ringer for him on this one. He was dressed in like, all black at least two nights. So
1: Nicole Nicole seems to think he looks more like uh, Billy Walsh from Entourage. Uh,
0: John Wick was I mean, I, the only thing that makes him not John Wick is I don't think Keanu Reeves is six foot eight.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. But, I mean that that's pretty. But yeah, man, it
0: was a, it was a good show. I I got some time to uh, to go and see some other booths, not because uh, we weren't busy, but when I step away from the booth. Like I, I don't, I don't get to step away and like take a break. Like if I'm walking around the floor, I'm running into people that we see, um, you know, running into re- sorry, <clears> business <throat> with running into retail partners, media. Um, so it's not like you can escape the booth. But the some of the reason the first day, I took two little step aways from the booth intentionally, uh, because I try to make appointments, and the reason I try to make appointments, and the reason I try to have my team make appointments, is because I want them to have undivided attention and i'll tell you man that first day there was a lot of people coming by grabbing you in the middle of meetings you know slapping you on the butt there's people that do butt slaps um you know interrupting i would say yeah it was me i wanted yeah well no you were fine but you you got a free pass but there's a lot of times i was in a meeting with someone and someone would stand there and like stare at me from like a few feet away and i turned turn to them, like, I'll be with you in a few moments. And they would stand there again. So they said, is there something that would help you? They're like, oh, I have a few questions about some product. And I'd be like, oh, do you want to make an appointment? Because I'm in the middle of a meeting. And they were like, oh, uh, you know, if you have some time now. And I'm like, I don't. I'm in the middle of an appointment. So it happened to me, like, six times in, like, two hours. So I stepped away so I didn't say something nasty, you know, to a potential customer or a customer. But I was blown away by – how little people respected people talking to other people it's not like just a hey how you doing good to see you I just wanted to stop and say hi real quick finish your meeting and then say hi to the other person and apologize or something like that that's an okay thing if it's someone you haven't seen yet but I'm talking like just straight up walking into your conversation I'm um, expecting you to divert your attention which is also rude to the other person that I'm talking to uh so I, I had a little bit of a challenge with that but um so advise to any anybody that's listening, if you want some sit-down time, make an appointment. And if you're going to have some questions, make an appointment. Or if you come up, just ask a quick question. And, you know, we have appointment times available. Right. So if you come up, hey, you know, I was wondering if you're going to have any time. Yeah, just let me know. Um, but that was a little bit surprising. And, and it happens every year. But this year, I felt like it was more um more that way with, and i don't know why um but it just felt like there was a little bit more of that this year and years past and that was that was my only frustration really with with the with the show overall there's things i can critique um but i don't that has nothing to do with the pca has nothing to do with anybody uh, it was just really surprising that there was you know just a common decency to give people the time when they're talking to someone else
1: Nicole said that LFD needs one of those uh, fancy private booths for meetings. Maybe that's something to explore it's, in the future.
0: That's actually not a bad idea. Um, or we could get really super pretentious and like set up like ropes around each section. So when somebody's in a meeting, we could put a little sign up, uh, like quiet in, in meeting or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of the other manufacturers have done that. Fuente does that. I, I think J.C. Newman mm-hmm. does that. I think Ashton mm-hmm. does that. Gurkha has that, um, where they have their own private meeting spaces in the middle of the booth that are, like, you know, well, it's like a room. So that way you're off the show floor. Yeah. No one can see you. No one can come up and be like, hi, John Carney. Can I, like, get a photo and, like, ask you about no No, he's in a meeting. So, uh, especially, I mean, you I know, don't with... Want people the... to say hi. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, but not maybe just when you're in the middle of a, you know, $10,000 sale. You know, I mean, that's kind of an important time. Yeah. Um, but I did,
0: I did get to see a lot of booths, though. And I, um, especially that last day uh, on Tuesday, there wasn't a lot going on at all, um, in the afternoon on Monday. Uh, but I, I did get to see a lot of things. What, what? So you were there last year. What, what was the biggest difference and improvement that you you noticed?
1: <sighs> Overall, the show seemed a little bit more organized. Uh, registration was a little bit. Or more organized, um, the show floor layout was definitely fuller, um, there was more booths, I felt that the way the booths were laid out was pretty easy to navigate, um, the, the things I did not, li- so I, it, it's more about the things I didn't like, so first of all, the thing I didn't like was last year we were actually allowed to roam around the show floor on Friday, and this year they weren't letting anyone in. And it was very aggravating because the problem is maybe as a retailer, like, uh, okay, I can understand, but with the media, like when a retailer goes to the trade show, they're going there, they're buying, they're wandering around like, okay, who's there? We as media, like as a retailer, you're going to go there, you're only going to spend so much. You're only going to buy from certain people. You already kind of know who you're going to meet with as media. We have to try to meet with every single person on the show floor. Now, it's impossible, even with people who have teams, like the Cigar Coop team, um, and Half Wheel brings a lot of people, but th- you, the goal is to try to cover everybody because the idea is you want to get everyone's information online so that everyone knows about it. Well, it's really difficult to do that when you only have three full days and then a half day where the half day, either people already leave or they they already like got rid of all their stuff or they're already starting to b- bang up the booth and it's like... It's not a lot of time for the amount of people that exhibit. Also, the Friday, we were able to go in, kind of get the lay of the land, know where everyone is. I called you, and it, I think you remember this. I called you first thing Saturday morning. I go, where the fuck are you? I can't f- I can't find the booth. I And I was late, and I was like, I don't want to be late because I knew you guys were going to be busy. It was your first show back since IPCPR. Uh, and it was like, I'm running around with, like, the, you know, there's hundreds of exhibitors here. Where the hell are they? And I'm, like, trying to find it. And it's like, I just felt like, you know, your first, you know, Instance of being on the floor is that Saturday morning, and it's already crazy because you get VIPs, and it's like I just think it would be helpful if they let us roam around like they did last year, even if we got to ask some questions. Maybe we're not shooting interviews because the booths aren't set up, but I can at least be like, "Hey, like, what are you gonna have?" Like, I can priori- I can prioritize like this is where I need to go first because like oh they're gonna have this and this are gonna have this and th- and blah 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 blah, and I can restructure my schedule. It's a whole thing. Um, and Coop says, we True. have never been allowed on the floor during setup. Last year was a mistake. We have been told it's insurance reasons why we can't be there. I, you know, I well, get it. It's and not
0: I'll be well, I'll be honest. I play devil's advocate on it, just for not insurance purposes. I, I mean, despite what people might think, like I don't traditionally talk to you about really anything internal about lFT's business. right. I don't need media around when I'm talking about yearly sales numbers, territory sales numbers uh profit margins and why we're determining the price on a cigar or something that we're doing things that i talk with my team about my team has confidentiality agreements i don't have confidentiality agreements with media so i don't need the media coming around when we're doing that now i will say for the most part the media i believe in this industry wouldn't use anything like that for um nefarious reasons but just because they wouldn't do that doesn't mean that I need to be sharing that personal information on accounts, customers, my business, and, and then the off chance that somebody hears it. Um, so I will say that the privacy that you have um, and the ability to have discussions that you probably wouldn't have with retailers and media around on that first day, and that's when everybody does their sales meetings, um, You know, that's a good. that's the one time when we're there as manufacturers that we are, and, and people, you know, doing the show that have a chance to, to just speak to our teams without anybody around. For the Live entire from time. the, the JC Newman Cigar around. Studio in Boston,
1: Massachusetts. Oh. Welcome to the Smoking Tobacco Show with your hosts Matt Tobacco and Smoking Nicole. I clicked the wrong screen. Sorry, I wanted to get are those out just the
0: joining button. us. That's our calls, <laughs> our colors. Sorry today. about that.
1: Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, no, and I, and I get it too. And I understand, I mean, it's just for me, you know, and look, sometimes you have to be selfish about some shit too. Right. For me, I wish I had that time for me so I can be ready for the show because I don't care. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, I yeah, but, but booth, I get I it. I get it. It
0: was in the front row. I wish my booth was in the front row instead of the back left hand corner. But you know, we, we should have picked the booth. We, If We wanted that. We had to put the booth earlier, get more points, whatever. So there's always things like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I'm gonna tell you, then you're never gonna get on the floor earlier. The time makes no, it doesn't make any sense, and it is personal, private time and the, setup time. The other thing, and, and I also don't wanna, I don't wanna do my, I don't want you seeing my booth not set up.
1: The other thing, the other thing that I, I would say that in terms of timing and being allowed on the floor is now, and I know Coop's gonna jump on my ass unless I fully explain why, and even then he'll probably get on my ass, and that's fine because I, I respect everything Coop has to say, but. Um, so now that, you know, they do a media press conference during the trade show, uh, that trade show, that media conference takes place at 10 a.m. on Monday. So we lose that extra entry hour on Monday. Um, so we have to go to the press conference. But you guys
0: asked for the press conference. No,
1: no, 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 I'm not saying I don't want the press conference. I'm not saying I don't want the press conference. And this is why I said, like, the couple jumped down my ass. Oh, we should still have the press conference. But I just wish it wasn't like at that time because, uh, you know, and you know why this is, you know, why all this is probably like sore on my ass right now is because I did lose so much time on the trade show floor this year because of uh, health issues with Nicole and then complications with some of our newer camera stuff. And we lost a lot of time. And that's why we didn't get to cover as much as we wanted to because I had those issues. So, yeah, I am a little extra sour graped over time on the show floor right now. And maybe that's a me thing, but I am, but I am fucking sour about it because I was just already so far behind I, and I was late to the meeting I like it was just like there was just so many other complications I watched in that meeting and I was just visibly annoyed and Coop even knew he was like are you okay I'm like dude I just I can't right now I, I, I'm i already like two hours behind and we're only an hour into the show Um, and he's and, and you know what? And, he, and here's Coop right here it should have been at 9am not 10 and you know what he's right I wish it was I, I before we could like we lose that early yeah. entry hour yeah. There's so, like yeah. there's three booths I could have covered in that hour on, on on a day that I was already banking on when I was already behind, so that's one change it, I'd it, like it to see them make. Been,
0: it was something separate, so it should have been an on and off time, in my opinion. But that's good feedback. You know what I mean to give. But them, hey, do it but earlier. don't
1: but don't get me wrong. I'm also not mad about that. I'm very happy sure. and I appreciate the PSA for doing that. I think it's it's more of a me problem because of my missing time. But it was, I, it was like, I, I was in there and I was just, I was already freaking out that day because I already like had some issues to deal with. And I, and I'm just, all I can think of was like, I got to get on the show floor. I have to make up so much time right now. And you know, I was just like, it was just like, I was, it's all I can think about. I was like, I'm so, I'm so far behind right now. I need this time. But again, I do appreciate it. And there's good information that came out of that, you know? Um, one of the things that did come up in that press conference was the location of the trade show. Now, this is a topic that's been kind of floating around. Charlie and Brooks talked about this in their pre-show the week before the trade show started. Um, there there has been talk about, um, you know, where's the trade show going to be after their contract ends in 2023? Now, uh, from what we were told, and I, Greg Zimmerman is here with us uh, in the, in the comment section, too, so he can chime in and and correct me or clarify or add to this at all um from what he and scott were saying was that they had asked and surveyed the retailers and the attendees to the trade show like you know if it was in vegas or if it was in new orleans you know which one would you like better and and from what i understand the general consensus was that we're going to come no matter where you have it which i mean is a good thing because it's i and i I, I feel because it's not like you have one over the other and you're trying to make people happy. It's kind of like, well, wherever you have it, we're going to come. I know that Vegas can be expensive. Good. I know that the convention center, if it was to move out of Venetian uh, convention center, from what I understand, they're doing some upgrades and renovations. So it's not available after the contract ends. Uh, then you have New Orleans, which I know there was some concerns that they didn't like because, you know, unlike Vegas, where everything's kind of t- together. You'd have everyone kind of spread out in different hotels. There's not as many smoking area locations. It's, it's, it's a little bit more to orchestrate. So I think that's a big concern for them, too. Um, so but we, but we, I
0: also think, Matthew, I think the question was framed, too, about a change of the year. Like, I, I believe there was a question asked. Uh, was the, It was, too. Would you, yeah, if you, like, would you want to be in New Orleans? And then the next question was, what do you think about New Orleans in April? Because, you know, it's an example of, you know, I, I saw this online, yesterday. I saw this on a show yesterday. Uh, it's, it's political, so, but I will bring it up. It was on Tucker Carlson yesterday, and he brought up a question. This is a reporter that asked Joe Biden, and he said something about 64% of people would prefer another candidate run other than him for president. And then Joe Biden quoted him back. He called him Jack or something like that. And he quoted back that 92% of people In the Democratic Party would vote for him that was if Donald Trump was running against him so it was like. If if i'm going to shoot your dog would you rather have me shoot your dog than shoot you type of a thing so it's like same type of question there, so if you reframe the question better like. Probably people don't want New Orleans, but if you said hey would you like New Orleans in April. You can see how people like New Orleans, and then mm. you can also see how they like it at that time of the year. So I like that they added that extra question because then you're going to get good information because I think in years past, people have been like, do you like New Orleans? And it was like, well, I sure, I definitely don't like New Orleans in July and August. However, in April, New Orleans is a little more appealing to me. Um, so reframing, I think, that question, and they did do that, I believe, uh, it was a big deal. And I think you're going to get some good feedback on it.
1: Yeah, you know, and I know that there's, a and, you know, Cooper <laughs> Coop, Coop bring up a good point. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if it bothers me as much. Just sometimes things that bother Coop, bother Coop more than they bother others. But uh, I couldn't believe they went on know, about a 2024 show. when it's 2022 and there's a lot to talk about. And there was, there's still a lot to talk about. I, I think though, and I'll play devil's advocate here right, to Coop. I think that people are just, you know, I don't know if people are worried or if they're just so concerned. I, but people will just want to know, like, "Hey, so what's what's the state of the show?" Because you know, this has been the this has been the game for a couple of years, and like everyone kind of knows what to expect. And like now, if there's going to be a change, you know what happens. I think people just, whenever people hear well, uh, like major change is possible, it's like, yeah. "What are we gonna? Well, what does that mean? Where are we gonna go? What's gonna happen?" And it, it just people just can't help but think, like, "Well, what's gonna happen?" Yeah. And I mean, it is, it is what it is. You have
0: to plan the. We have to plan 2024 right now. We I can oh, yeah. plan this type of thing overnight. This is years in advance. Mm. Um, you know, so if anybody's going to give any criticism on this, on saying, "Oh, we talked a lot about 2024," my criticism would be, "Why are we just talking about 2024 right now?" And that's just being critical. So, if you're going to say that, you know, we if we don't figure out 2024 in a little bit, within the next couple months, it's going to be a mess. Uh, so, they need to get on top of it. And I see Greg posted there is available April 24th, Vegas is available in July, mid July. So it's really interesting, but you have to plan this stuff years in advance. You do. Uh, You just gotta do it. You gotta do it for cost reasons, uh, organizational purposes. Um, You know, the executive boards turn over every three years. So if if you're not planned throughout that period of time, you're gonna transition an executive board into different positions with no plan whatsoever. Uh, well so you it's, know it's a really since, interesting since, thing
1: since you bring up the members of the board changing so first I just I, can I just say this too I do want to give it and, and not because Greg's on here and, and there's others too but I do want to say that you know the current people who are at PCA um, to me and you've been around a lot longer coops been around a lot longer so you can have your own opinion but from what I've been able to see on my own the last two years at the trade show they've done a very good job. I I do want to say that. They've done a good job. So, you know, last year's show, as we've always said, like Coop and I have talked about, it has an asterisk nest to it. Not because of anything that they did, but because of the situation in the world. You know, that trade show, we didn't even know was going to happen. They were able to put something together in 100 days, and it happened without a major collapse. I think that's enough to give them a huge pat on the back. They put that whole thing together in 100 days, uh, and they were able to get retailers to commit on short notice. That's a huge win. This year, the yeah. trade show went even better. Way more people came back. There's some good things going on there. The show as a whole, I think, was a success, despite the fact that everyone came back sick. It is what it is. I mean, that's... Not, it's going to happen, man. It's not on them. I mean, that's going to happen. Um, no,
0: it's going to happen. Everybody everybody that was at any of those casinos in Vegas this week, there's a big outbreak of sicknesses around the country right now. They're getting it. The, the attitude of the team, though, the attitude of the PCA team was excellent. Yes. The attitude of the of the board directors was excellent. Yeah. Um, from the top to bottom, they were really there to service, and it felt like it. Um, it felt like they were there for us rather than the reverse way. Like, it felt like I paid for something, and I was getting service from it. Um, right. Which, which you ought to get whenever you put money into something. So I thought that was excellent. I think you know I, we weren't at the show last year, but they also dodged a bullet from a huge impact of those, those big four manufacturers not being there uh, with COVID happening at the same time. Um, if if COVID hadn't happened, those big four end up in there with the way that that you know they got a little bit of extra time to kind of co- coordinate and plan that. That would have been a real situation that people would have talked about even heavier. But I, I will say one thing: it was a good show. Be, you know, a lot of people came to my booth early because there weren't on these other meetings, which was a good thing, but they're going to still come to my booth anyway. It's not a good thing to not have four of the biggest manufacturers in our industry not at the show. They provide, they provide infusion of money hmm. to help bring the cost of the show down. They take up larger space. They sponsor different things because they have bigger budgets. So I, I really, it was, they did do a great job with it. However, I think to take it to the next level next year, if they can get these companies to get involved in some capacity. And I threw around a couple ideas to the people from general that were there. You know, I told the the people from general at Sean Hardiman and Justin Andrews there. I said, you guys should do, because they were at a Broom 101 booth. I mean, you guys should come and do small booths around the show. I go put, put a booth in every corner and, and two booths in the middle. I go with different brand ambassadors and things like that. Um, but the, you know, it was positive. It was a good show. They did a great job. Uh, I think the next step is to get those big manufacturers back. Um, does the show absolutely need them? I don't know, but the industry certainly does need them. And if the show is going to be the representation of the industry, I-, I would like to have those people there. Cause like I said, it, it just brings more money into the association, brings more sponsorship opportunities um, and different things that can happen And uh, whenever you're missing the biggest players uh, in the industry, well, there's going to be some sort of an impact on that.
1: One of the things that came up in the press conference, and I don't know if Greg's still with us, but um, one of the things he did say, because the question did come up about the Big Four, when it came to any conversations or any dialogue with them, the first thing that I remember that I will say right off the bat is that it sounded like talks with Davidoff, there was nothing. It was just dead air silence. They were, when it came to Davidoff, nothing but in terms of everyone else it sounded and greg said this himself it sounded like there was some chatter there there was some talk there was some things there's some things there was some concerns that you know the pca had to take in from them and there's a little bit of that. now there was no like guarantee like hey well, well where are they going to come back if we do like but there there was there was conversation now what happens with that conversation between now and next year's trade show that's between those three companies and, you know, the board at the PCA and all the people who put on the show and all that. That's between them. And I'm sure as those developments happen and, you know, when they want us to know, we will know. But it sounded like there is some dialogue there. In terms of Davidoff, there was nothing. Um, so it will be interesting to see um, what happens for next year. And, John, that's an interesting idea. You know, those big companies have all those brands. Yeah, maybe you could, instead of having like, all these big giant booths for the big even if even if three out of the four came, right, that's still better than none of them being there. Um, and you know what? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they break it down a little bit and they, you know, and, and the, the argument, look, I'll throw this in there too. There's an argument out there saying, well, do they really need to be there? No, they don't need to be there. Well, maybe financially, maybe that's true. But the reality is, regardless if that's true or not, they should be there. They should be at the trade show. Uh, supporting the PCA, they should be there. Even for the retailers, just to just to connect with them, see them, show off their product, um, I think they should still be there. Whether or not, you know, and maybe that maybe they downsize. And maybe, like what you suggested, great idea. You know, maybe you, you break it down a little bit, spread it out a little bit. Maybe it makes it a different experience for them and for the people who come to see them. It's a very good idea. That's just my... The reason defense. I
0: brought it up to general... The reason I brought up the guys at general is I, and I got Greg a good has relationship with Justin. Yeah. I got a good relationship with, with Justin. You know, I, I have a friendship with Sean over the years, who's with Forge, he used to work for us, and I knew him when he was in Rhode Island. And, and I brought it up to him, and hopefully they take it back to their, you know, they're not going to make the final decision, but hopefully they take it back to the people that do, and they can offer that option. Um. You because know, I, I think that'd be a great way it also spreads some excitement across the floor and the one thing that i did say to them is you go around a lot of these booths especially the big companies when it gets slow they all hang out all the people that work there hang out mm. drives me bonkers it happens at our booth too but if you spread those booths around when it gets slower say you've got sean williams with cohiba and he's at a booth and then you've got laurel with macanudo at a booth and you've got each different company around when it gets slower it's not just the click hanging out together it's you know sean's at his booth with a brand representative or a brand manager or somebody who can take orders to represent the product so you're getting a little bit more personalized time with that person and uh, i thought there was excellent and dab off you know Davidoff, whatever i don't know what the discussion was internally i think we're we're just assuming but i mean they did have a presence there at the show they do distribute fairy otego mm-hmm. and it's her brand he owns it they just distribute it but you're still doing business with Davidoff when you buy that product at some certain capacity Correct. Um, along the way where it trickles down. Uh, so they, they, by default, kind of did that. General, by default, kind of did that this year. And I think those guys are probably going to go back and say, hey, you know, they could drop 15 different small little booths around with different brands and, and create passports where this is like the PCA 2023 General Cigar and Ford Cigar passport. There you go guys there's your idea i'll give you my email address after the show my phone number and bank account you can send me over some money for the free consulting but they can have that passport where you drop around each of those booths and got to see everybody um and it's not just one sit down thing it's a more positive quicker interaction so there's a lot of fun things that they could do uh to be involved in it greg if you want to take that idea and pitch it to them, go ahead um it's there's just a lot of opportunities with it i kind of same thing with true estate
1: I was I was gonna say I kinda wish we we kinda had Greg on with us at this point. Uh, I didn't know he was gonna be watching tonight, but now it would be I wish he was on here. We could just talk to him directly. Uh but one one thing I did notice is that um Drew Estate had people walking on the show floor. There were people from Drew Estate that I know walking was, on Joe, the show floor. Joe
0: Gro was there, correct?
1: I didn't see Joe, but I saw some others I that swear
0: I swear I saw him. I swear I saw him. I, I saw so some other Drew Estate really employees. Yeah, So they did something really smart And I heard that they had a suite or something But they did something really interesting and smart um, And it's something that I think the PCA Can actually go to them And talk about mm. uh, They sponsored almost all the media I know it because I made the video for Our show And we put it at the end And there was a lot of sponsorship from it Half wheel at the bottom anyway. And they were there They had some presents walking around But if PCA can go to them and say, they obviously sponsored parts of things that were at the PCA so If PCA can go to them, how can we work together? You're going to sponsor this media. How can we work together for you to sponsor parts of this show? It doesn't have to be the Brooklyn Bridge or the Manhattan Bridge set up. But how could we take, obviously you had interest in our show. So how could we get you to sponsor things directly and we can promote you and have a presence on the floor, as well as the presence that you presented. They really created a hybrid version of participating in the show because they did participate um, financially. They did. They they paid for things, um, you know, and those, those are badges that were bought. Those were rooms that were bought or or whatever. Um, So they did participate in the show. Georgia state was there whether they had a booth or not they were participants in that show so i would go to them with this new hybrid version of participation you created how can we also hybridly participate with you to financially benefit the show and benefit the retailer retail attendees that are there
1: yeah i mean you know look i i think that any any ideas are good ideas and i think that some of it should be tried right you know i mean and john to your credit, you always seem to think of all these different things, and a lot of the things you come up with with your own company. You guys have applied and they've worked out for you. There's no reason why some of these can't be tried, Th- and that's my opinion. And I think that it's you know, especially with the PCA trying to engage with them. You know, if if they were willing <coughs> to try something different to make a return to the show, I, I think it's worth trying. I mean, the the consensus that I I was hearing the, the 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 hubbub and the and the whispers and the grumblings that go on at the bar and Everything outside of the show floor is, look, if this show was very successful, if this show goes off very well, um, then it's a good um, – what's the word I'm looking for? It's a good um, – it's a good presentation to those companies to, like, hey, look at how well this show went. Maybe you should come back and give it another shot. Even if you make changes, you do it differently, whatever. Here's a good example of, like – a well run show a show that went great for the i would i would say that this show was a very suc- a very good success um you know and if those companies are looking at how this show went, they had representatives there you know s- you know the little that each of them had th- there was someone from everyone there uh so they you know that they saw that um there's always a few people who think that the PCA is, you know, the show was bad or whatever. I heard some negative comments from like a small handful of people. But other than that, the general consensus was overwhelmingly positive. Um, yeah. I think that's a, that's enough reason for those companies to try again. And you know what? If they try again, they come back for one year, hopefully it's good. And they go, well, you know what? Maybe we can make this work. Worst case, what happens they drop out again. and They don't come the year after. I mean, not that we want that, yeah. but it's like, what do they have to lose? It's like, come back and make some adjustments. So, see if you can find a way to work. If not, then you don't come back. I mean, I, I mean, you got to at least try. You know, what is it that so Jordan, the what is PCA, it that Jordan, what is it that Jordan always said? You know, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't um, fathom not trying for seven. It's like, just yeah. try it. What do, you, what do you get to lose?
0: If, if I'm the PCA, general was there on their own decision. By default, because of the purchase of Room One Hundred and One and bringing that into the Forge brand, but they made a decision to bring the director of sales for Forge and Justin with whatever his new title was. Right. Um. You know, he's pretty substantial in the company, so they brought some people that had some decision making on the sales level. General was there kind of by default. Drew Estate made a conscious effort to be participants in this show, except having a booth they're the first ones that I go get creative with because they, they made an effort to be there and they obviously are, they dip their feet into the water a little bit further. Generals got their toes in Jewish state had their feet firmly standing in the water. So I'm going to go talk to them, uh, first and I'm going to talk to all of them, obviously, and make them my equal priority, but they general are, as I said, Jewish state already kind of stepped in there. They were there. So how do we get them to be more involved? How do we have hyper decisions? Uh, Altidus really didn't have a big exposure uh, there. They had brands they work with, uh, you know, that were part of the show. I, I don't believe AJ Fernandez was there either.
1: He was not there. Um,
0: yeah, their company wasn't there. Um, so really the major Altidus brands weren't really involved in that. Um, and Davidoff had a little bit with the Ferio thing. But you really had, you know, you really had your State being saying, really putting up a flag, being like, hey, know their boat was hanging around outside, and they got off and visited the island. Uh, you know, it was like a cruise ship, and, and general got their feet in the water. So there is some obviously some interest with them, and uh, again, creative ideas, hybrid stuff, uh, is really the important thing uh, to focus on with them. So I hope they go that direction with it. <laughs> Four people toward their thumbs. Uh, they, they were there. They you were there to be. They were there to be mimes, man. They were there just to watch. They weren't there to actively sell anything, um, you know. That brand's Matt right now. It, it hasn't really transitioned much. Um, so you know, they were they were there to, to socialize and be around and kind of view what it was. And hey, by the way, they most likely they own the brand, so they paid Matt to be out there. Uh, so they were going out protecting their their investment, in my opinion, by having two people there watching it. It was like the government thing. Like if somebody's fixing a pothole, one person's fixing it, the other four people are watching and make sure it gets fixed. That was really the approach on it. And I, I think that's probably what they were sent out to do.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I can already tell by the comments that Coop's been making tonight so far, that spare notes on Saturday night, <laughs> will, willing, willing that I'm still healthy enough to do it, which as as of right now, I, like I said before, I, I think I may have already had it before. So it's really not hitting me as hard because I mean, like, I, I have some mild symptoms, but it was like, I was like, I can, I can fight through this for the show. Uh, Nicole, however, is, is very, very in the hole. Um, uh, Friday, that still happens. Saturday a, a night, the spare notes, the spare notes show is going to be good because I, I can already tell Coop's got a lot to yeah. say.
0: A notable thing, obviously, it's got a lot of attention. Uh, there were a lot of really nice booths that weren't as elaborate as years past. That, are, that did a great job. The Fuente JC Newman, obviously, the JC Newman factory looks awesome. The Fuente booth was uh, was well done. And it wasn't as elaborate as years past. Um, Nick Perdomo's booth was much smaller, but very well done. And I'd be surprised if he didn't expand. The one that really, for me, and I don't know if this won an award or not, the Ashton booth was freaking beautiful. And it was a smaller version, and it was it was gorgeous, man. It was. That's it the was one very nice. That really caught my eyes, where I was like, man, they they put a lot of thought into how their salespeople were going to sell and how they were going to present themselves. and That booth was gorgeous.
1: So I'm trying to I actually, I have all of my, my show uh, photos on this laptop right here, and I'm looking for, I'm trying to see, Nicole will get mad that I'm trying to do this for the first time on my own. I'm trying to bring up a photo onto the screen for the show because I have photos of all the booths and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I have a photo of the Ashton booth. and
0: You just drag and drop it right in the middle, man. Just drop in the middle of the screen. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm just trying to find the photo right now as I sift through. Yeah. I have a lot of photos of the but show, that, and that, we'll be getting that out as soon as we can.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a good booth, and uh, I mean, Eric Espinosa's booth was was very nice. Oh yeah, I it was. He did an excellent job with that. Uh, Placencia always has a really nice booth. Uh, friends at Aganorsa, I think, did a great job with a small space. Uh, they went, they elevated. You know, they physically went up in real estate. They took their real estate and went upwards with it. Right, um, and that was a nice centerpiece right at the front of the show. Um, so the creativity with the difference in booth space was was excellent. I, I you know I was it was nice to look at things. Our booth was a couple spots smaller than years past, um, not noticeable because it still kind of looks the same. But yeah, uh, a lot of creativity out there. I was really impressed with that. I, the only the only negative thing I would say, and this is probably ignorance to me. Mm -hmm. on on my end is they had we pre-registered right so then so the exhibitors and then the attendees have two separate registration areas I couldn't figure out what the difference was between pre-registration and not registering because each line was the same Um, so we waited in a line quite a bit as exhibitors to get the badges Um, but I think that was just because of confusion of what pre-registration was uh, pre-registered and not pre it was it was really confusing categories and that was probably ignorance on my part from not reading things which traditionally happens on our side of the business where we get emails and don't pay attention to them as much as we should um but it uh it was a smooth process for me because i put somebody in line for 45 minutes prior to me showing up so, so there's we, the lfd booth so can
1: we see this do, right do now you have the
0: picture yeah, yeah. Do you have the picture of the Ashton booth though? Because that Ashton booth was awesome.
1: I, I was trying to find I know I took photos of it, but I don't I can't find it in the folder. But yeah, so this was John's booth, the part of it at the La Flor Dominicana. Um very nice booth. So I have a question for you by the way. Is that the same booth that you've had in years past? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is. Okay. I I, I thought it looked familiar. Yep. Um
0: one of the, one of the most unique comments that I heard about a booth in the show cover I've read so far was something very tiny but I thought it was really unique and I'm going to add it to our booth next year. Uh, Charlie made a comment about the Norsa booth, and how they used etched glass stickers essentially on the front of their display cases. Oh, okay. And he mentioned, I was kind of a nice, dude, he mentioned in like two sentences. And when he, I was reading it, it was one of the few that I read and I was like, man, that's such a great idea. So we have the plexiglass. So I'm going to get some etched glass LFD logos and make it part of the glass. As it wasn't, it does a nice touch. The picture you just showed me reminded me of it. Um, You know, adding a little extra branding. So that was a cool, random, uh, you know, something small that you know I think people you don't really notice until you see it, type of type of a thing. Um, But that was one of the more interesting comments of something minute at a booth that really did make a big makes a big difference. Uh, So I'm I'm going to take that and and put it into our booth structure next year. Um, And it's a simple thing to do to make you know just to brand more.
1: Yeah, I um, I'm I'm trying to find that that um that Ashton Blue. I know I took photos of it too. That's crazy, um, but yeah, no, there was a lot of like everybody.
0: I feel like everybody, man. The biggest compliment I have, I feel like everybody that was involved in the PCA had some involvement in it, either on the or board or working. Excuse me, was just nicer. I mean, everybody just seemed nice. Like it didn't seem like I was there to inconvenience. And I don't know if they made a point to do that or if it was just naturally because they're just like, we're going to be more positive. I think Scott Pierce is generally a positive person. Right. I think Greg's generally a very positive person too. I, you know, I don't always agree with everything that both of them do. And we have good dialogues together on disagreements, which I think is fine and healthy. But uh, I will say if it wasn't intentional, a discussion – that they had or direction given i think that scott and greg's positive nature may have trickled downhill as everyone just seemed nicer
1: is this it right here what booth is this i think this might be the one oh yeah there it is there's the ashton booth that's it right there i glazed right by it that that's the ashton booth from one angle um but it was very it's very nice um, they have that that if you look right in the front there's like this little counter space and they have you know, this nice presentation with the with the uh, La Roma de Cuba ashtrays right here, all different colors. Um and then on the back I don't think I have a photo of the back side, but it's like every side of it had all the you know, their different brands that they have. Um so that that was the Ashen booth. Very nice, like you said. Very very clean. Mm-hmm. Um smaller yep. than smaller than before. You can see in the background there's L F D with the red uh the red you know, the hanger above. Um, so yeah, that, that was the Ashton booth. Yeah. Very nice. I mean, uh, selected tobacco. Um, they brought a new booth, a bigger booth than years past. Well, you know, if you read my write up on the booth and that went out yesterday, um, I kind of described it as it was more top covered. So like you went into it and then it wasn't, it wasn't very like open. It was kind of like covered on the top. So it's like you were inside a room and, um, because of their their elegance that they have and the stuff that, you know, they show, you know, being in that ultra premium, um, it was almost like being in like a luxury car dealership. It was almost like you went into like a Mercedes it was, dealership. It was very nice. It was. Black carpet. If there
0: if there was a car, if there was a luxury car in there, it wouldn't have been out of place.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. Very nice. Um, you know, Nicole mentioned the Toscano booth. The Toscano booth was really nice. They primarily showcased their new master aged. Uh, the three new cigars that they have in their Master Age collection. Uh, and on the back side of the booth, it was branded as such. And there was a, a display case. I'll show you right here. This was the, uh, the back side of the Toscano booth um, at the PCA yeah, show. It which was, was nice. Very nice. And they had some swag items that were on brand for that too that, that retailers will also be getting. Uh, very cool. Very nice presentation that they had there. Um, I, I told Capolini it was great. They, they had cappuccino. They were serving cappuccino there. Uh, I don't think they were supposed to, but <laughs> then again, most of the booths had, had drinks and stuff they were handing out, which was nice. Um, another thing. The
0: hospitality at the hospitality at that booth was good.
1: Oh, I it went was by very and
0: Cappellini gave me one of their new cigars, got me a coffee. And you guys came up right after, actually, and then I jumped back to the booth.
1: Oh, yeah, I gave but, them chicks. Uh, probably... I said, why are you in this booth?
0: <laughs> yeah, other than the LFD booth, that was the only time the whole smoking tobacco team was entirely together for some for media coverage. It was in that one booth that gave him full attention.
1: So since since I'm smoking it and it came up, this is the presentation of the Solus at the La Flor Dominicana booth, uh, that you guys did have on display. That is the box design. Um, it as you if you're familiar with Lenox, it's identical, uh, albeit, you know, just a, a different different cigar blend and a you know different design. But the that round uh, that round box with the magnetic top is the same as the Lennox. Uh, John, is this box also going to be a. Um, I know the Lenox box you can use as an ashtray after. Is this going to have that same design into it? I can't really tell from the photos if it has the notches in it.
0: So we had a lot. These, these are the first two boxes that exist. So we did have some discussion on it. One thing that we discussed if you. Uh, the the t- box top's round. So we talked about putting a little slit in the top of it so you could put the box top in it yep. and display the top. We did discuss potentially doing an ashtray uh, version with it as well. Naturally, it can be an ashtray anyway, just because of the way it's set up, but we may put those little slots in it, but there's definitely, uh, I'm going to push to have a slot in the top where you can display the top of the box because the branding on that is beautiful. Now, the one question we do get regularly when we do round boxes, yeah, you can see there towards the top of the, the cigars where we would put a little slip boxes. people say, oh, it's a round thing. Again, it's hard to put on the shelf. Lenox is sold so well, and the question is, it's a round box. Well, how does it sell? It sells great. Well, then the round box really isn't an issue, um, and the product does represent itself in a way where, you know, spending some time to maybe find a spot to present it well in your shop uh, does well with it. But, yeah, the Solus is a, a nice, meat. it's more medium-bodied than I was expecting. It really is an antithesis of, of Lenox. Um, and putting those side by side is going to be really fun in the stores. Most likely, that product's going to be out in October, same price point as uh, as the uh, Lenox thirteen twenty per cigar. And then we also launched a product that was—it's been out in the market in regards to saying we were going to release it uh, four or five years ago. Alito produced a product called the Ashhole uh, that we were actively promoting at uh, at one of the PCA shows when it was IPZPR. Uh, but it's actually back this year. It's being made in our astronomy laboratory, uh, which is our ashtray laboratory at our factory. And uh, this is a, a resin uh, ashtray design that Lito developed. And that's on the bottom there. It's called the ash hole. Um, and that's going into production this month as well. So we'll see that in the next 60 to 90 days in retail stores uh, also. And we had a bunch of ashtrays from astronomy on display, some with M&Ms inside. I was of it. just going to pull that up. The there sky's it is. The limit. Yeah, we actually sold it at the show, physically that one, um, and then we took orders for a lot of them. I was impressed, um, and honestly, it looks cool, and I really like it. something I would want, um, but that doesn't always translate to what the retailers want, the consumers want. But we sold a bunch of them, so apparently people really liked it. Um, we've got plans to do some with M&Ms, uh, sorry, with uh, branded M&Ms in the future. Uh, Skittles was one we got yeah. a lot of requests for, and someone actually requested Swedish Fish, too. So there'll be a lot of fun astronomy asteroid products coming. I mean, those are all real small batch uh, products. They're not we're not making tens of thousands of them. Uh, so each one's unique. Yeah, there's a selected tobacco booth. Man, that's a great picture. That was yeah. a really good angle.
1: That's a really nice booth that they had. And John, I don't know if you got to see, but right in the middle, you see that middle that middle uh, display case, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a close up yep. of what what is in there. I, I'm pretty sure you saw that too. It's Badass. I ran into Oliver and Dave and I and I and uh, and Ed Santa Maria and I look at Ed Santa Maria, and he's like, they're looking at me like, "What do you think of the booth?" And I go, "Can I just give you my Amex now?" And and Ed Santa Maria looked at me like he didn't get it. I was like, "No, Ed, like that Atobe ashtray is badass. Can I just give you my card now?" <laughs> he just laughed. So, dude, i I had seen,
0: I had seen look at that. products all. I'd seen all of these like two years ago. So. These, these have been in these have been in development for several years oh yeah and i saw a a rough copy of their product catalog um that was being reviewed by them and so i've, I've been aware of these products for a while and seeing them in person was was pretty fascinating and nelson does nelson does incredible packaging the product the cigars inside match it but uh it was fun to finally see these brands in person, the ashtrays in person. Cause I, I saw them right after they got developed before they got really put into production for this and sold. So it was fun after a couple of years to have some familiarity um, and walking through there and seeing some really nice pieces of uh, you know of, of cigar packaging art.
1: Yeah, this one you're looking at right here, this is a, so the, the last one was an Atabe humidor that's gonna contain five of every Atabe cigar in the line. Um, and it will be available in 2023. That that was not that was just for presentation this year. That that humidor will not go on sale till 2023. The other thing about that humidor is that, from what I understand, talking to Oliver, is that there's no extra cost for that humidor. Uh, that is ordered based on the cigars inside, and it also doesn't necessarily have to be a package deal. So a retailer can can buy that set, sell the cigars out of it, and then they can either like maybe do like a like a raffle for the humidor. They can sell it separately. It's not contingent on being a solid package. I'm sure that some retailers, you know, maybe they'll have a customer who, like, wants to buy the whole thing, and that's fine. Uh, but it, they were, I was, from what I understand, they were told, you know, th- this can be separated. Um, there's only 250 of those being made. Uh, on the screen right now, I have the Al- the Alfonso, uh, new line from Selected Tobacco, the Añejos number one. Uh, there's going to be, I, I, uh, I, think, it's four, I think it's four sizes. I think it's actually, no, it might be six. It might be six sizes, 200 boxes each um, per release. And then in addition to that, they also had, and I'll pull it up on screen here, there's the new Byron that was on display. Uh, And I'm trying to find that. I know it's in, I think it's this one right here. Uh, The Byron 1850, which went on display. Now, there's going to be four sizes of this available to, uh, to Byron accounts, and then in addition... Uh, anyone who does a Byron event or a selected tobacco event, whatever, um, or a dinner or something like that, uh, they will have the option to purchase two other sizes. I believe a Perfecto and a 9-inch a Uh that will be exclusive to those specific retailers that hold an event. Um, these will both be shipping this fall, um, but that Atabay humidor I, I brought up before, that won't be available until next year. So I mean that was something cool that they had um, and there's, there's a lot of stuff in here. I think you guys had really nice display and presentation. You had I don't have it with me, I don't think. I don't think I have it on here. I can maybe try to get it on here. I wanted to get the um, the picture of the Golden Bowl because I wanted to talk about that. That was very interesting. I'm going to see if I can airdrop that to uh, this laptop because I think it's only on my phone. Because I wanted to show that because that was very, very interesting. And if you read and you look at my um, – if you look at the write-up on smokingtobacco.com the – The LFD booth article is already up on display. You can read all about it. You can see the photo for yourself. Um, I am going to see if I can do this very quickly on the show here. Yeah, I can. Boom. Accept. Save to downloads. And that should be up there now. Because this is awesome. And and you can talk about this, too. I mean, this is... um, And we're going to be doing some more uh, coverage with this, too, uh, later in the year. Sorry, I just got to get that. Well, not just
0: later in the year, man. It's less than a month away. So August 11th, the auction for the Golden Bull NFT uh, will begin. And you go to LaFloridaMinicana.com slash FT, get on the list. I had people that just got on the list. They they didn't want to buy it, but they wanted to watch. Uh, There was a lot of people that are interested in buying, and there's only going to be seven of them. Uh, But here on Smoking Tobacco, we're going to be doing – my plan we haven't really talked about this internally there it is more than just the fact that we're going to do it uh, and that's the actual nft pictured in the ipad there the digital uh, the digital artwork and we're going to be doing a live stream broadcast of essentially the last hour of the auction so we're going to probably be up late doing it but uh, we're going to do a live stream of the last hour of the auction to watch how the bidding goes where it's at we're going to smoke golden bulls then um, as well. That's the last time we'll be able to really smoke them without buying them um, from a secondary market because uh, it's, it's really important for us to protect the integrity of the NFT uh, for those people that do buy. So, you know, rifling out samples of it, that's not something that's going to be able to happen. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got to protect that asset for the people that, that are the owners. Uh, but you're looking at the gold bullion humidor there and the LFD logo is 18 karat gold. Uh, that gold bullion humidor is going to be given to the NFT winners is a gift. It's not part of the NFT. It doesn't have to be transferred when ownership transfers on um, if somebody sells it. Uh, what the NFT is, is the digital contract inside the digital image is the opportunity to buy up to 70 golden bulls a month. That's five 14 count boxes for the owners of that. Uh, so it's a really fascinating thing. And it said on August 11th, we'll be doing a live stream of the auction and uh, seeing where that's at. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. We've got some guests that are come on and smoke with us too. Some of the usual suspects and Matthew tobacco will be on there. Yes, I will be. <laughs> but, uh, so that'll be fun. And we may do another one that's going to last for about two weeks. Uh, each auction will be for 48 hours. Uh, so it's going to be really fun to watch and a lot of excitement around it. And I think it's going to have an impact of, of how NFTs may work in the cigar world. uh, uh you know, after that, I think there's a lot of companies interested in watching to see if they can maybe pull something off similar or, you know, or build on it and do something different. But uh, we, we expect a lot of success with that. And there is a, there was a lot of excitement around that and discussion and question on it. Oh, there you go. You got the actual video of the yep. NFT. That's great.
1: Yeah. So that's the actual what you're seeing. And I'll play that one more time. That's the actual NFT file that you get when you purchase the NFT um, and,
0: that, and, that, and that that one right there is NFT number one. You can see on the bottom right hand corner. Yeah. It counts down to zero zero one, so that's the actual first. They're all the same other than the number, uh, but that one you're looking at is NFT number one, and that box is Bullion Humidor number one.
1: Now the other thing that was interesting about that that humidor too, uh, Tony had said that the actual LFD logo on the on the lid is an eighteen karat solid gold. Yes. Which is, it is. that's He's pretty badass. I mean, that thing that it, it was it was done well.
0: Yeah, those are those are made uh, made by a, a humanoid company out of Spain. Uh, so that that one shipped in from Spain just like two days before the show, and we brought it with us. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot of a lot of excitement around the booth for that. Um, it was a big you know it was a big comeback for us being back at the show, and I think we made a splash. We're, we're making a, you know we finished a large company expansion. Uh, in, uh, in 2019 right before the pandemic shut everybody down um, so we're starting to see that product come on the shelves now so there's a lot of fun things we got going on throughout the end of the year this last six months i was sitting with tony and lito at the end and i said man we got a busy six months uh, ahead of us at the end of the- We have got a busy 18 months but certainly the next six are going to be quite busy uh with different projects those festivals we're involved in and uh, some fun corporate events and there was just a re- lot of fun discussion with new retailers. I I felt like the new retailers that came in had real high-end, high-end lounges and high-end products that they were offering. Um, So the cigar industry is strong right now and there's gonna be some retraction because we just had a big boom. But uh, with that retraction, uh, it's not gonna be substantial. We're gonna stay big and there's gonna be growth opportunity. Uh, But I was really impressed with how the retailers came in, uh, raising the bar uh, with experience-based things While while we're on the topic of gold, I know you went by to the El Septimo booth. Uh, I I find their cigars quite expensive. Dude, I was just going to bring this up on the screen. Yeah, they had five and a half million dollar lighters on display, a million and a half dollar bottle of cognac, uh, which is in the background there. Um, They were super cool to see. They didn't overwhelm me. I wasn't like blown away by them because it's just not in my price range. I got to hold one. But I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you man, they were they were beautiful. Yeah. Uh, they were they were absolutely stunning pieces of uh, of jewelry really.
1: So the so the thing here with with your scene, this is at the El Septum Booth. There's three lighters. Um, one of each. They're all here on they're all here in the picture. Uh Zaya had told us they were all sold at the show at five and a half million dollars These these were all sold. And they sold very quickly. Um, so they're gone. In the background, to the top right, next to the next to this, uh, the one on the pedestal. If you look just to the right of it, you'll see another gold thing. That's a gold bottle of cognac, which they uh, they claim is from a barrel that was found in Napoleon's castle. Um, that was Napoleon's cognac. It's over two hundred years old. Um, I know that there was a video. I saw Jeff borshowitz from Corona actually got to sample some of that and, and taste it himself. Um, but he, but diet did say he was like, "Oh, we'll come back." We're gonna drink it because now that the bottle is open, we have to drink it. We you can't let it sit. So that bottle actually was consumed um, at the PCA trade show. That is quite the bottle of cognac um, to own. And then right behind that, there's a gold pyramid here. And I don't know if I have another picture of it, but that was that was very interesting. That's their new Emperor Collection Solomon humidor. Uh, and inside there's a there's a gold pen. Uh, that thing was ridiculous. I think that thing was all solid gold. Um, you know, just just some just cra- th- this, this is like the crazier part of the trade show, when you just see um. This is what it looked like when it was open, um. Just just some crazy stuff. I mean, th- this is the stuff you go to the trade and you're just like, who's buying that? Just just ridiculous, just crazy stuff. Um, but like I said, it was a good show overall. There was a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, Nicole said in the first fifteen minutes, uh, those three gold lighters were sold. The first fifteen minutes. Um, yeah. So just yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. I mean, it was just it was a good show. It was a solid show. People did a lot of business. Um, I want to know who bought those five million dollars lighters. <laughs> you Dude, think? Do you think they were do,
0: stunning? They, I mean,
1: do you think Jeff I mean, bought so one? Somebody.
0: I I don't know, I don't know. Um. I, I don't I don't think he did, but I wouldn't be. I'm thinking of who has the shocked, capacity
1: to buy that. I mean, I just... wouldn't be
0: shocked if one showed up. You yeah, know, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I know El Septimo's grown with his brand. I live here in Orlando and uh, it's one of the spots I spend <clears> a lot of time at, so I wouldn't be shocked if one showed up there. Um, I'd be surprised, but definitely not shocked uh, by any means. But I, I probably went to independent buyers. Yeah, uh, there was probably people that were there that that. You know, there's a lot of people in the cigar business that are connected to some of these wealthy people. Uh, So I wouldn't be shocked if it went through a retailer or if it was coordinated by a retail outlet. But it was most likely something of that value uh, went through, you know, went to a private buyer.
1: There was one more photo I did want to show here um, that I I thought would be interesting to share. Uh, We did present. We presented all of our awards at the trade show. But we, some of them, we got mostly in the videos. Only think one of them we got a photo of the presentation. Ah, here it is. And this is Steve and Cindy Saka receiving the Smoke and Tobacco Award for Most Innovation, and that was for the Stillwell Star last year. That was Cindy and Steve receiving their award at the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust booth. Uh, so just congratulations again to them.
0: He, I'm giving him my own personal award for the most clever and fun name. The Sokka Khan Black. Oh my and God, that's good too. Out of all the names and stuff he's done, Sokka Khan to me is is absolutely hilarious and great at the same time. Um, it was it, that that award is not just the best name product out there. I think there's some maybe better names, but that's the most on brand, dialed in name that you could run with. And it's I, I hope it's successful. I hope they continue to make them because it's absolutely freaking hilarious and awesome.
1: And I smoked that with him, and Nicole has one that she hasn't had yet, but, man, that cigar was good, too. That was a good cigar. You'll like that cigar you know, a lot.
0: One thing I – obviously, he's got obviously he's got really good cigars, and they're in our wheelhouse as cigar smokers. Yeah. But I encourage people – they're not the same cigars, but they're coming out of the same factory. You know, foundations and all ones coming in the same factory. And I've, I've been smoking some of the Hoya de Nicaragua products recently, and their factory's just been real hot for the last five to ten years. And uh, they've got some cool stuff that's come out over the last year or so too. So if you like those products, I mean, give them a give those other ones a shot too, um, because I mean, they're making some really fun cigars for other other manuf other brand owners, um, and they've got some great cigars on their own too. Uh, so you know, that that's that's another company too. If I was PCA, I'd be like, you're already here on the show floor. Let's get you on the show. Let's get you in. What are we going to do to get you in? Um, You know, there was a lot of cigars sold at that trade show from that factory this year.
1: Yeah, the other thing, there's one more thing I wanted to bring up and show. Um, As I go through this, there's like like one more thing. But no, it's all stuff that people want to know and want to see. Another highly anticipated thing from the trade show that everyone was waiting to see was this. And we finally got to see it on Sunday. That is the humidor for the Fuente Padron collaboration project. Now, I know this is one that a lot of people have been asking about, a lot of people were curious about. That is the actual humidor. Um, One side being Padron, one side being Fuente. Uh, We did get to see that. There was a huge celebration for it, Uh, and I do have the photos of the cigars themselves um, that I'll bring up really quickly. to scroll back in here really quick, but I, I do have photos. So this is—I'm uh, not sure if I'm gonna be able to figure out which one's which. I think this one. I think this is the Padrone one. So if I remember correctly, I think that's the Padrone one. The Padrone made for Fuente, um, and then Fuente made one for Padrone. And this is the first time anyone has gotten to see them. I think this is the Fuente one with the white ribbons on it. Yeah, and then that's the Fuente one that's made for Padron. Um, So they were on display, which was really awesome and really cool to see. Um, Nicole, Nicole made a comment here. I feel like so many people forget that a lot of cigars come out of their factories. I've been telling Matthew we need to do like a cigar lineage episode, almost like Family Tree style of who is made at whose factory. Yeah, you'll be here forever. It's a great idea, but you'll be here forever. This yeah, you'll be here forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that'd be like a
0: seven-hour-long show to work through it. The um, the the Fuente Pedrón project. The inside of the packaging for me was pretty cool. Inside the humidor. Oh yeah. They had it like they, the artwork was like photographs of of Jose Orlando and and Carlos uh, Fuente Senior. It was uh, it was really cool on the inside. I thought that was really good and I talked to the Padron family about that a few times and I was like, Man, it was really cool how they how they did how you decided to do that on the inside and uh, it was beautiful stuff. And, and you know, another thing that was really cool to show, <clears throat> man, since I'm smoking an Opus, did you swing by Manny Ararte's booth with the Opus X Society stuff? Man, the, the wallets did. and things that he did were really cool.
1: I did and it beautiful. Uh really nice stuff. And I actually I have a photo of probably his, his best thing. Um, I think I have uh no, actually I don't have it in this folder. I, I have a, somewhere I have a I have a picture of the the green opus cabinet that's like eighty thousand yeah. dollars. And I know where, I, I what, think he
0: designed that Padron Humidor, the Padron Fuente humidor too. I think he did that. I think he I don't did. know if that's accurate, but I'm pretty confident in saying that he did that too.
1: <laughs> Based on the shape of the box, it, it, it has that same shape as some of the Opus and Don Carlos boxes, that, that rounded top with the squared bottom with the groove and the it has that that similar shape to like almost like uh you know like the eye of the shark box, or like some of like the Oro Escuro the or the long big Oro the yellow Opus box it has that like rounded top and then it comes down to like a square edge bottom. It has like that same kind of shape, so it's definitely had some Fuente input on that, and and I think that maybe he he was involved in that too, uh, and then it had the nice white lacquer that you know Fuente is known for. As you know, the Padrone boxes for the most part are very. Um, raw, kind of rustic, old school, just the raw cedar. Um, so that that definitely had a lot of Fuente input into the design um, aspect of it, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, so, and, but yeah, I think he, I think he might have had something to do with that too. He seems to be the uh, the new the new design guy over there with them. That's kind of doing a lot of their stuff, uh, which is nice to see. I mean, they you know, the Opus brand has been around a long time, but like Fuente's just been like. Really getting after it with all the design stuff. And then you got the open sex society stuff. Really doing a great job. Now, you know, I mean, even with you guys, it's nice to see, you know, more brands kind of going off the path of just the cigars and doing, you know, more accessories and just the, the designs. I mean, that gold bullion humidor is one of a kind. The ashtrays that Lito's doing, very, very cool, very unique, and and Lito's doing it himself. You know what I mean? It's not like you guys were like. We hired this like accessories company and they sent some designs and Lito's like, "Yeah, I like that one. Just make No, like Lito's doing this himself. He made them. Yeah. He
0: made them. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's it's but it's cool. It's like you have the guy who's making yeah. the cigars also making the accessories, which is, you know, not everyone's doing that. Not that that's not, bad not on them, bl- but it's He's not
0: just blending this. This is, this is the ashtrays even another level, man, though, because he didn't he didn't just it's not just being made in the factory that he's the chef of, you know. Uh, he literally, he literally physically made those asteroids that were on the spot. Like, he himself those.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. It's, it's incredible. Now, is he the only one? Like, did Tony have anything to do? Or was this all just Leto?
0: The asteroid, the asteroid thing's like 99% Lito. Uh Tony does the designing and stuff on the top, the graphic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with his dad, um... Cause he's not, you know, he doesn't, he's not big with Adobe, the Adobe suites, not Lido's forte. Um, right. But 99% of that's his, uh, you know, was just physically him doing it and it's, it's quite impressive. And it was funny cause we were talking like, like when we did the press release on the Ashtrays, there's a lot of stories in the cigar industry, you know, the BS from time to time, but I don't know if you can hear me. My image is unreal. But when I was sitting to Tony, I was like, dude, when, when I was reading that, that press release, I was like, there's no way this is real. And then I went to the factory and there's like literally an ashtray lab there in our conference room. Uh, it, it's, it's really cool to see people getting hands on on this um, and, and getting really creative. And I think a lot of it was, that you know, the uncertainty when you took a bunch of creative people and gave them all this extra time they had when they were locked down in their houses. People had to come up with things to do. Uh, you know, you and I started a show. I started doing the gourmet smoke sessions and the hackney gourmet and quarantine grilling and started learning video production i mean some basic artistic stuff you know tony started doing graphic design Lito started doing ashtrays uh you know carlito and got involved in uh you know really getting involved in accessories with manny and, and so it's just you put these creative people and gave them all this extra time to be creative they had to have things to come up with and i think we're seeing the 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 results of that right now uh and and really the creativity being pushed to another level and it's really elegant too and real all that's real tastefully done um, it's it's great to see that stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited to see what else they come up with in the future. I mean, you guys also have. Uh, I want to hit the news because you know we've got all Rick I kinda wrapped up in the show stuff. I, I still want to I want to do the news, but before I do, I also want to just mention you guys also have that. Um, you have that special club that with the with the gold cutter, um, which is very interesting. Too. I, don't, I don't feel like a, we've we've talked about it, and and we you know, we know about it, but I don't know if a lot of people know. That's something else that LFT does um, with the gold. Uh, what is, is it like?
0: It's called Flor. It's called Florida Ore, and we, we did yeah. sell one at the trade show this year. Oh, you did. Um, so the Florida Ore, yep. The Florida Ore Club is a club for the, the members of the cutter uh, that, that buy one of our uh, our gold Florida Ore cutters, um, and those club members have access to club exclusive products. Um, so we did sell one at the show this year uh, to a close friend of mine, and uh, and. Uh, so yeah, so the Florida York Club still exists. That's that's a uh, bespoke product too. Each one's handmade in Miami, uh, with our, our jeweler our jeweler partner down there, and uh, designed by Lido too. And uh, so that's a that's a fun project, that, and that still goes on. We still have inquiries about that from time to time as well.
1: Yeah, uh, and that and that's just another thing that you know makes you guys so different too. And you know, at LFD. Uh, just that you are involved in so many other things other than just the cigars, and that's nice. There's some like diversification there, with your product portfolio and the, and the services, the things you guys can do. Just really makes you guys stand out, and I think it's one of the things that's it's it's bringing LFD up that ladder, of just like you know that um, that premiere. You know, you know, you guys, you guys are not just some small boutique factory. You know, you guys are really bringing everything you got into your brand. Um, one thing I want to hit the news really quick, our news this week is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official ambassador where you get your official ambassador number and your ambassador coin. And While you're right, head over to Facebook and sign up to join the McAuliffe Ambassadors group where you can hang out with all your fellow ambassadors. Um, this week, uh, this one hits a little close to home for us and um, we'll wrap up soon too. I know I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, but this one kind of hits close to home to us. 724, our good friend Kurt Kendall at 724. Uh, vintage Cigar Distributors of New England taps James Schaefer to lead sales. Now, James was formerly of Nat Sherman. He will now come in and oversee all of the, the, uh, the sales for the 724 brand that Kurt's been out there really really slinging that and really pushing that brand out there and we're really and I know I probably speak for you when I say this we're both really happy for him too I mean Kurt's a great guy 724 is a great brand it's a classic brand it's been around a long time right here in New Hampshire um, that's uh that's that's a big I think that's a good move for him
0: yeah I mean Jimmy's a great guy he's got a lot of experience in the business I think the big the big thing for Kurt um, in you know being a close friend of mine, the big thing he's going to get out of Jimmy is Jimmy's not a, a guy who's going to oversell something uh, in terms of him himself and what he's going to bring to the table. And Jimmy says, he's going to do something. He's going to do it. Um, so there's a lot of accountability that's going to be there on that level to the brand and, and to what Kurt's brought. Uh, and that's a really iconic brand. You know, 724 was, used to be the largest Cuban cigar maker in the world uh, to Manchester, New Hampshire, and bringing a guy like Jimmy on, um, is going to bring a lot of credibility to the service that's provided when you interact with that company as, as a retailer as a consumer and overall and uh, you know he brings a positive reputation uh, to that brand and I, I think that is good news and uh, it's something that i that I'm happy to see and uh, for, for that brand that deserves it and then also for kurt as a friend he deserves that and uh, you know, I think it's going to be a successful venture warm and and grow the brand in a way um, that, that Kurt's wanted to, but hasn't been able to.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be uh it's going to be good stuff for him moving forward. Uh, and we, you know, obviously I wish Kurt all the best. And we did catch up with Seven Twenty Four and Kurt Kendall at the booth. Uh, and that coverage has not been processed yet, but it will be out soon. So keep an eye out for that. We'll bring you all of what's going on. He's got some, he's got some fun cigars that he's come out with in the last year. It's the hustler five and dime. I don't know if you've had it yet. Great cigar. I've
0: smoked it several times, it's excellent.
1: I think that cigar is going to be on our list this year. It's um, it's
0: actually a barber pole. It yeah, doesn't look like it until you get close to it. It's a barber pole. Two very dark wrappers. I think it's Habano and San Andreas, and uh, it's it's good, real good. I really enjoyed it, and uh, something different. You know, you don't see dark on dark like that. I mean, it really brings a unique dynamic to the to the product.
1: Yeah, I think that cigar is going to be on our list this year. That that cigar is just fantastic. Um. I think that's. Uh, I, I. I. We're getting. Where this show has gone longer than we normally go. Um, we had a lot to talk about. We did. We did have a lot to talk about, and um, I keep doing this. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, no, there was a lot to talk about. It was a lot. It was a big, big show. A lot to do. Um, just wow. I'm exhausted from it still, and uh, and we're sick now. So now we're we're yeah. So with I. The,
0: I got back. I avoided. Fortunately, I had COVID before the show. Um, it sucked when I had it. And then I was also sick 10 days before the show um, with something. It wasn't COVID, fortunately. But um, <coughs> I, I, I kind of got my sicknesses out of the way before I got there. So, really, what you're hearing here is just tired and a lot of talking and a lot of dryness um, in the air and a lot of cigars. I didn't smoke I really probably only had like three or four cigars at most a day. But uh, I, I, so I came back today. This is a, just a funny story. Uh, I guess this is, could be news. So can you throw the logo back up again? I got some more cigar industry news for you.
1: Oh, cigar industry news brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars.
0: Yeah. So um, today there was a there was a, a labor reduction at my uh, homestead. Uh, I fired my nanny today.
1: Um, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So today was supposed to be a sleeping day for me. I got in like m- midnight last night. Got the car back here got from the house. My wife uh, my wife was very generous and stayed at her mother's house last night with the baby as much as I wanted to see her so I could get some sleeping in. And it was really cool when I got back to the house, my dog was excited to see me. He jumped on the bed. He was up my face. My baby was excited. It was great to see my wife this morning around like eight and I planned on going to sleep shortly after that. And I did, and then my phone started buzzing around eleven thirty multiple times. I ignored every other phone calls for the most part this morning just to get some sleep. And it was my wife and I jumped on my security cameras and uh, cameras everywhere in the house. And my nanny had put my daughter to sleep in a separate room. And then she went to sleep on the couch. Um, and the baby was awake for about 30 minutes on her own, trying to climb out of the crib. And she's getting very mobile now. And uh, so my wife was t- trying to get a way to get a hold of her because she couldn't get her on the phone. She couldn't get a hold of me on my phone. Uh, and so she- we have a mobile uh, app that opens our garage door, and every time the garage door opens, Jonathan, uh, UP, the useless pup, that's aka right. Snake Dog, aka Snake Dog, uh, goes ballistic. So she thought, let me open the garage door. Jonathan will go ballistic. So UP, UP actually woke up my nanny, and at the end of her shift, we did have a uh, a labor reduction here at the house uh, where we've moved on to different nanny. Uh, so that's uh, that's your that's a breaking. Breaking Cigar Industry News on my front.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, if you had a busy show, if you guys are sick, you have a busy show, you come home trying to rehab, you got to fire the nanny, this has just been, uh, you've had your hands full over there. So, for those who don't know, because, I mean, uh, n- none of you probably have Carney's phone number and get to text him like I do, there's this something funny, and I'm going to bring this up on the air, because... This is what I like to do. What's funny is anytime you go to text John, he always has the Jonathan has silenced his notifications and it's like he's always on Do Not Disturb. Are you ever not on Do Not Disturb? I just feel like even during the show I was trying to call you and it would go I'm like My phone.
0: (laughs) My phone goes on on my phone goes off do not disturb at nine AM and it goes on do not disturb the focus mode at six PM every day. So I had it on during the day today, just to get a little bit of rest because I just got in. I figure there's no cigar emergencies, so I'll get it now. If you you can obviously push through it. So my wife called twice, and when she calls, it does ring the first time. You can set that up. Um, but but yeah, my phone's on do not just off of do not Deserve from nine a.m. to six p.m. Eastern time every night. Um, I do catch and I do reply to people after. But the reason I did that is just to be focused and be present with my family when I'm home. I'm still very active on my phone in the evening, Uh, but also a lot of time I'm on an airplane, too. So you you get a lot of times where I'm jumping on airplanes. When I'm on an airplane, it's always on Do Not Disturb. So there's a good portion of the time it's on there, but I'm still active. But the main reason I do that is to just be present with my family uh, in the evenings when I'm here. Um, And uh, that's kind of serviced me real well and made me less phone dependent. Um, So if anybody's looking to be less phone dependent, that's a good way to do it. I um, mean, it takes a little bit of time for you to get used to it, but then once you do, uh, you start prioritizing things a little bit differently.
1: Oh yeah, I was just busting your balls. You didn't have to give me a full explanation. That's okay. I just want to give you a hard time. <laughs> um, but before we go, uh, before we go, um, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who, who's watching tonight. Thank you for for watching all of our coverage and being patient as we get it all out. And it'll get out a little bit a little bit every day as we move forward. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up is we do have a giveaway that's live right now. I'll pull up, and now that I know how to put the photos up on the screen, like I'm gonna do this like all the time. So um, this is it right here. It's a giveaway brought to you by none other than our friends at Drew Estate. Um, there is two sets of these, so two lucky winners will be picked for the backpack, the spray can lighter, the hat, the Sticks and Sips book. Um, you can get into this by going over to our social media, finding the post, like share it, tag your friends, all that fun stuff, and head over to smokingtobacco.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on all of our information and stuff that we put out. Um, this is a cool giveaway. Uh, and like I said, there's two sets of these, so two, two lucky winners will get this set. Um, so make sure you head over to Smoking Tobacco. Check that out. Enter. Tag your friends. Share the post. The whole gig, you guys know how it's done. Uh, and two lucky winners will be picked on next week's show. Uh, when we go live, we'll, we'll pick two winners. So that is up and live right now. Uh, last thing before we go, how'd that cigar go? By the way,
0: it was awesome. Thank you so much. It was good to good to celebrate it with you, and I think that was an appropriate cigar to celebrate the, celebrate your marriage, and which was a great time too. Yeah, uh, we had an awesome time with that. Thanks for all the people that that participated in it and watched virtually. We had a good time. I, I people asked what my job was. I was best man, ring bearer, matron of honor. Uh, I, I got asked what my uh, what my I guess my advert my ad what is it, adverbs. Adverbs? Uh, what, what is it I said I, I don't know because I said matron of honor is a female thing, so I referred to myself as it during the wedding. I was an it.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Um, but we had, yeah we had a great time and I did my job. The rings were on the fingers, around the trade show floor. So congratulations to you guys and uh, thanks for having me part of that too. It Was definitely a special, uh, special day and a special show because of that.
1: Well, we we were honored to have you there and we appreciate it. Um, so thank you for being there. Um, you're also. Uh, you were also the witness too so that was that was cool you're actually on the the certificate as witness Jonathan M Kearney um, which is cool Nicole said LOL you were everything uh, you were you were everything <laughs> to us you were you were our everything that day so thank you John that was it was special to have you there but that's gonna do it for our show this week guys I, I think John and I are pretty tapped out um, my throat is getting pretty dry and sore I don't know how much more I can talk and I think John's in the same boat so I got to cut it here. I mean, we, we did as much as we can to to recap the show. Hopefully, at this point, God willing, uh, there will still be a Spare Notes on Saturday night. So we'll cover a lot more of that with Coop. So tune in for that. Spare Notes is back, 9 p.m. Eastern, Saturday night. Uh, catch us Monday night on How About That Cigar with Matt Garrett, Justin, and uh, Mike the Cigar Hustler, I believe, will be there as well. Um, so... Uh, Yeah, I just I'm I'm just I'm I'm mentally exhausted still. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. then. We'll see you then. But all right, guys, that's gonna do it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube for all the show coverage. Visit smokingtobacco.com for all the written stuff and to sign up for our newsletter for more information and coverage from PCA twenty twenty-two and everything beyond. We'll see you next week. Take care.
0: Thank you for spending your time with us at Smoking Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokeAndTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.